Hello. Today is a little different. Today is a little different. Hello. Hello. <laughs> if you're watching YouTube, you'll see why today is different. Oh, you have ears. I'm just plain Jane. <laughs> We're talking to each other in person. <laughs> Like two little kids clearly at the slumber party. Like, ah, we're finally together. Oh my gosh. Now we don't have to look in here. We have to look into each other's eyes. But that's my comfort Uh, zone. Okay, well, I guess we'll still look into No, I'll look at you. I'm going to stare into you. Sometimes we'll look at each other. Sometimes we'll look at the computer. Yeah, well, well, sometimes we'll dress ourselves in the computer. Wait, your hair looks beautiful. Oh, thanks. Uh, I did it for our event tonight, and I'm waiting for it to, like, fall out. It's a little, but, yeah, sure. Thanks. Hello. Thank you. Hi. We're here. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. (laughs) I guess we can't look at each other the whole time. Well, we can kind of angle ourselves. We're, you know what? We're not professionals, as we can tell by our socks on our microphones. Oh, yes. We both forgot filters, Mm -hmm. and so we're using my socks. I was like, oh, this is fine. I have socks. And Sabrina's like, great. And then I hand them to her. She goes, wait, they're not just white socks. They're all striped. (laughs) They're beautiful. Uh, I think they are cute. There are ghosts today. They're from Amazon. I also have this like weird sensation and desire to cheers you with our microphones. Okay. It's going to make a noise. Maybe it I didn't though. What if our socks are really effective? Oh, good job. Sarah. I want to lick this. It just looks <laughs> a little weird. I just want to like take a little nibble. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, yeah, we're here. We are. Um, here we are. We are in person together. We're staying at the Ace Hotel downtown. We won't be staying here when this comes out. So we feel comfortable sharing our location. location. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, I'm assuming this is something that's in all of the Ace Hotels, but in the bathrooms here, they have little murderous true crime facts. I did not get one, and I am jealous. Yeah, but I did, and I yeah. read you my 1927 familicide Fact. murder, basically. Yeah. It's a it's – a, I had never heard of it before. Well, I kind of thought when I was first looking at it that it was going to tie in – to the hotel and they oh. say like and that happened here in this family. they had their affair here yes yeah. but no it was just like here's a woman who murdered her husband learn about it <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah they tried to get away with what how much was it it was like 1920s they were trying to get his insurance it's like a ninety thousand dollar life insurance policy yeah she had an affair with this guy who was yeah. a corset seamstress salesman. or sa- salesman. Corset salesman, salesman, which is quite a job. We're butchering right. this a bit. We are. And it's literally right there. It's with four right sentences. There. You could, see, wait, but see, we're lazy. And the problem is, too, is they placed the plaque too high. So I had to read it before going to the bathroom. You can't actually read it when you're While sitting, you're sitting on there. the toilet. Yeah, yeah. The, the bathrooms are also in a closet. That was a It's surprise. very interesting. It's kind of hard to figure Corinne out where they had are. had to show me where it was. <laughs> it's literally – the whole wall is painted black. It's a hidden room, but it's a bathroom. And this episode is sponsored by <laughs> – Toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and murder crime facts on toilets. Uh, <laughs> we are not used to being in person together. I know. It's I feel like so... I have to look away and not make too big, long of eye contact. It feels unnatural. I'm stuttering. I'm stumbling. Oh, looking at you makes me nervous. <laughs> Let's look away. Okay. This is an Encounters episode. Encounters. Yes. So, so that means we are going to read your stories, your encounters with the spooky mm-hmm. supernatural. I actually love the shadow vibe we have going. I know. This is nice. It's it kind also of feels adds an like element. this. I mean, it's textured. It's it's almost like – I don't even know how to describe it. It's like recycled. It feels like paper like mache. Sandy. Almost. Yeah. Yes. But in here, it looks like concrete, which makes me feel like we should have just said we're recording from my underground bunker <gasps> and made everyone this believe is the bunker that I finally got my dream bunker. One day. One day. One day Actually, I just learned – Live from the bunker. That will be – so cool. There is a lot of concrete in here, so this there could is. look like a bunker. Yeah. I just learned that 
Nick's mom growing up, they had a bunker in the what? house. And it was the playroom. Wait, where – is this a panic room or a bunker? It was like, a bunker. It was truly underground? It was truly a – they were afraid of being bombed bunker. <gasps> Did they build it? Or? I think they bought the house with it. I have to, I'll have to get clarity, mm. but the kids had – the, Wendy was terrified of it because it was like – a dark room, and apparently, yeah, well, there no were like windows, some right? creepy toys that they kept down there, and things that they were unsettled by. Ooh. And the parents were like, "Go play in the playroom," and it's like, "Well, you mean the bunker?" Yeah, the bunker. <laughs> oh my gosh, Go play wait, what a dream! But yeah, maybe don't put your kids in the bunker. Huh? I feel like that's just like maybe where you put the the guest room, you know, the spare room. Like no one just hardly for uses it. But then when I come and visit, I can stay You're in the like, bunker. I'm staying in the bunker. And then I feel safe. And if there are tornadoes coming for me, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm okay. safe in the bunker. I also just heard from one of our friend's brothers on Instagram. He was eating cup of noodles. And cup of noodles doesn't expire until like 2,300. Wait, that is I'm all scary. For, I'm all for like preparedness. But there's a big difference between like canning some blueberries and cup of noodles. Cup of noodles. But that seems really dangerous. But the nice thing is, like, I feel like at some point, if there's an apocalypse, food is no longer being produced, and stock up on cup of noodles. You'll yeah. be you'll. That's the currency in the future. Or honestly, it might just make you die faster. If you <laughs> only eat cup of noodles. Your heart is like, Ugh, yeah. What I think am I doing? You just need to get enough food to last maybe like six months. Yeah, and then have seeds. So that oh. you can – you need something to get you through the period yes. where you start beginning to grow your your food. Yeah. So what – do you like make like a green room? I mean obviously it can't be a green room, but in your bunker because – I guess. Like get all of those And lights. start building things now. Well, see, that's the trouble. Things. It's like if you actually have to live full time in your bunker, mm-hmm. that is really difficult for gardening mm-hmm. because – I always assumed it was like the bunker is like the main spot where you spend most of your time, but you also go out every once in a while to your garden. Right. But no. it depends on what happens. Like, are there creatures? Yeah. Or is this a like, quiet place part two? Right. Or if like the air is no longer breathable. Mm-hmm. So this means we need it. <laughs> we're going real deep here. Um, we need like a bunker mansion. I think we just need to dig a tunnel all yeah. the way to the North Pole mm. and enter it. And hang out in Middle Isn't Earth. Isn't there like some seed storage up in the North Pole because it's like oh, super cold? Maybe or maybe North it's Pole. There's one Iceland? In, in New York, around oh. Geneva, New York. I feel like that hmm. might be correct. I don't know. My cousin worked for something that was something like that. Seed storage, tree grafting, yeah. something like But there's a lot of seed banks all around. Yeah. And they have ba- the seed banks have backups to the seed banks. Yes. Too. So we need a backup to our bunker. Yeah. Bunker backups. Bunker back. Okay. <laughs> this is actually going to be a <laughs> we're sick subterranean <laughs> community. I'm getting really into this. We'll we're going to have a pool. tunnel. Oh, a lazy. Oh, we'll have a, a oh lazy river that goes around the whole thing so we can be entertained. We can Artificial relax. sun. We're going to like – Yes. Yeah. There's going to be like light that sun exactly. kind of st- stimulates sun. And yeah. there's just like blueberry bushes and different – Oh, along like, the way. Along – Yeah. So you and they're can not poisonous. Lays away on yeah. the river and just like pick some blueberries. So now you don't even have to think about how the world's ending outside. You can just like chill. This is a vacation. Exactly. Um, So how do we bring this about? Uh, Well, I've been buying lottery (laughs) tickets. I'm I'm fully trying. I'm giving my best effort. I was more like how do we create the apocalypse so we can live in this bunker? (laughs) (laughs) This is the yin and yang. This is like I want the nice stories and you're like I want the darkness. (laughs) 
But also, like, we can't have the nice underground bunker unless yeah. there's an apocalypse. Also, I realized I need to hold my mic different because look, look at the awkward way I'm holding it. It's I'm like, like an ice holding pop. it by You're like an ice pop. <laughs> you really did want to lick it, so. I do. Okay. People oh, would pay for that, it. I think, to watch that happen. Oh. Add that to my own And fans. your feet have to be, like, up by your head. Oh, okay. That's and they're barefoot because people just want weird. Both. Well, it's, I think this whole everybody, conversation has everybody been a bit weird. No, I think we're totally normal for building my <laughs> dream bunker. So. Well, now it's my dream too. Okay. Well, let's go buy some shovels. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Until then, we will uh, tell you guys what you're actually here for, which yes. is ghost stories sent by yourselves into us. Should I go first? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Ah. <laughs> e okay. I don't know how to sing that. Oh, <laughs> it's get ready for our summer camp. Okay, those are the types of songs we're going to sing. Oh my gosh, I was such a bad singer at summer camp. <laughs> I could only do the like. See, now I'm even blanking. Oh, I don't know. It's okay. What is that? But oh, I thought it was like I thought it was one of those things. Um, the thing above your your mirror. I thought it was one of those things oh. that like have messages that go across it in. Oh, that would be cool. Lit up letters. I think it's a light. But it's I thought you were talking about that little tiny vent, which I'm like that easily could be where someone hides and mm, they're peering out at you on as you're changing. Sleep. Yeah, yeah. Do you like how I effortlessly changed this, the topic because I didn't know how to sing camp songs? Wow, I didn't. I just <laughs> was right there with you. Good job, Sabrina. And then I outed myself. Okay. <laughs> um, also, check out my merch. Oh yes, new merch. New merch dropping. Says Phantoms August first. Yes, yes. I don't know when this episode comes out, so I don't either. Either already out or soon to be. Uh, yeah, because because I'm traveling for two weeks in Italy and so we're recording a Spain lot and in Portugal. Advance. Yeah, so okay. I have a story in a very Sabrina manner that is called "We Got Adopted by Aliens and a Confusing, Terrifying Night" from Caitlin. Oh my god. Yeah. Wait. All okay. I'll keep my comments to a minimum. Okay. It's just like t- it's adopted by aliens. Yeah. Adopted, not abducted, right? A- adopted. Which sounds pleasant. But yeah. then it says terrifying night. Yes. So I'm like, all right, what's to come? But then I did watch that documentary, um, The Girl in the Picture on Netflix. Oh, that just I just came screenshotted out. that because I want to watch it, but I haven't. It's really, really disturbing and sad. Mm. Great true crime documentary. Very well done. And kind of like an amazing story just in terms of like how long it took, but it by the end they got answers, which is kind of oh, incredible. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you don't leave it feeling like totally heartbroken and gutted. Okay. Dear ghostesses and dearest ghost, I am Kat. And man, I have had many experiences that I often chalk up to being an indigenous and very in tune with the spirits. I am happy to have stumbled upon your podcast and deeply enjoy the spooks and scares. But today I want to tell you about two encounters that have left me baffled and rather confused. The first was an incident that my family jokes about a lot and call the we were adopted by aliens incident. (laughs) And the second is something I cannot explain at all. The we were adopted by aliens incident happened when I was eight. My mother was driving me to my dad's after a weekend at her house. My younger sister was three and we were going through a rural area in Ohio. No streetlights or other vehicles on the road. Kenna, my sister, and I were in the back seat, and she was quietly listening to music as I daydreamed while watching the passing scenery. It was dark, and I remember that it was a new moon, because all I did as a kid was look at stars. When we passed this old farmhouse, suddenly the cab of the old used car my mom had filled with bright white light. Ooh. I remember not being able to see anything but that light. 
Having an overactive Im- imagination, I quickly asked if everyone else experienced this blinding light. My mom freaked out and my sister looked at me and we all began to try and debunk the fact that we all three were experiencing this bright light. Again, no streetlights were around and we were the only vehicle on this country road. As a kid, I had watched a ton of paranormal shows with my dad and led the debunking of the car. I quickly checked the light in the car, figured that maybe it had randomly blown, and to my surprise, the warm, very yellow light filled the cab of the car. My mom and I shared a look of surprise. Then my sister spoke up, and like any other three-year-old who doesn't fully understand words, she goes, we just got adopted by aliens. Oh my god! (laughs) We... So her mind wasn't wiped, but everybody else's well, was. It has to be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because why else would she ever say that? I know, but That's I also so love strange. that she meant to say abducted, but adopted. Adopted. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. No. We don't know how nice they were to her. They may have been really nice. Hello? <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> That's our neighbor being our mad neighbor. at us. What if that was a hole and it was just like an eyeball appearing? Yeah, that would be scary. We'd zoom, hyper zoom. <laughs> it is perfectly in the middle of us. Mm-hmm. We never figured out what that bright white light that filled our vision fully was and still joke with my sister about the time we were adopted by aliens. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> cute, but also like, I mean, I guess it's good that they don't remember because it, now it's just like a fun joke that they can right. all talk about. The second experience is much more terrifying and happened when I was 23. I started my decolonization journey when I was 17 and is really important to the story. I am mixed and follow a Norse path and my tribe's traditional paths, meaning that I keep a well-stocked altar filled with sage, sweetgrass, tobacco, and cedar at all times. At this current time, I was in a bad spot and was living with my grandmother and her fourth husband in an old farmhouse, which was very spiritually active. My room was on the second floor, and the night in question, I was studying for finals and deep in my books. My bedside light was on, along with my adjoining bathroom light, as I worked diligently on studying. I can picture it perfectly. Yeah, me too. That's why my face is kind of like, like this Whoa. is like I went from I smiling to like I can see it. Something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. Suddenly, around midnight, I began hearing meowing from my window on the second floor. Oh, I don't want this meowing to be a bad thing. Okay. Preparing yourself for something yeah. bad to happen to a cat. Or for a cat to be the demon. Mimicking, yeah. My stomach lurched as I grew up with the knowledge that after dark, you draw your curtains and don't look outside if you hear anything odd. I knew they, my grandparents, didn't have any cats and that if it was a spirit, that it would know that a cat would be a way to drag me to check outside. Me too, cat. I quickly made sure my door was locked and grabbed my sage and sweet grass and lit it cleansing myself and my room. Yet, the meowing continued. About an hour into the continuous meowing, I started hearing footsteps going back and forth on the other side of my door. Oh, my God. Scary to be like it was outside and now it's inside. Yeah. For it to move like that. I mean, that's when you know you really shouldn't open your door, right? Yeah. Like, that's the proof that it's not just a kitten. But then you feel trapped because it was just outside and now it's – Yeah. Who's to say that – Yeah. I know. Why does the – your bedroom door – Prevent it. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't, but, right? But Kat did cleanse her space. Oh, true. True, true, true. Like any situation with spirits, I tried to debunk the footsteps. This is how that went. My aunt, who um, I just suddenly tried to like hide a burp. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were wiping your nose on my sock. <laughs> I was like, well, these were clean, but now they're not. <laughs> That's worse. I don't know which was worse, actually. Everyone got to see it all, so you're welcome. <laughs> this is how that went. 
My aunt, who has 24-hour nursing, never had a nurse in her room past 11 at night, so I knew it wasn't any of the nurses. I had checked on my brother, who was in a deep sleep before getting deep into my studying, so it wasn't him. My grandmother was asleep in the living room, and her husband was asleep in their room, so I knew I was the only one awake, and the meowing continued at my window, while what sounded like several people walking back and forth in front of my door persisted. Several people. Mm. I could see This is kind of reminding shadows. me of my childhood home no. in some ways, but we'll talk about that after the story. I could see shadows moving with the footsteps under the crack in my door, and I prayed to the great mystery that my sage and sweet grass would continue to burn and my lights wouldn't go out as I huddled in my bed surrounded by my study material. Around 2 in the morning, the meowing at my window turned into angry yowls. I had begun trying to distract myself, clutching my smoldering bundles of medicines and attempting to study despite the obvious distractions from my window and the hallway outside my door. It is wild that this is just continuing for hours. Every few minutes, thanking my gods and trying to focus on my studies, praying to whatever god would listen, I promised offerings of tobacco as a thanks for my lights never failing me and my bundles of sage and sweetgrass never going out. At about three in the morning, the yowling stopped at the same time that the footsteps ceased. Breathing a sigh of relief, I did eventually fall asleep. But the craziness is not over. The next morning, I made breakfast for my brother and myself. I asked him if he had heard anything overnight, but he stated that he slept like a rock. Then, walking in, my grandmother's husband looked just as exhausted as I was. The lights kept going out last night, he told me as I gave him some pancakes. And I gave him a confused look because my lights never went out. I told him that, and he looked at me like I was crazy. They went out about like seven times last night, he told me. And I was baffled. When I asked him what time they went out, he told me it was the time that I was locked in my room experiencing the worst paranormal experience of my life with my lights on the whole time. This is so freaky because they clearly were after Kat. But now I feel bad for the brother just unknowingly being amongst many spirits and demons <laughs> just chilling there being like, why is everything I think that was flickering? Grandfather. Grandfather was that. And then brother was just sound asleep. I wish I was the brother. Oh, 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 <laughs> yes. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah. Clearly, everybody else was just, like, exposed to it. But yeah. luckily for them, the thing was after Kat. And luckily yeah. for Kat, Kat had <laughs> cleansed and cleared yeah, and protected goodness. the space. So no one else was experiencing as terrible of things. It does remind me of Stranger Things where when things are happening the upside down, the lights are flickering. But, mm. you know, you and I might not necessarily know what's going on, but someone else is having, like, a torturous experience in right. the upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry for them. Um, okay. I have never figured out what exactly happened. Try as I might, I cannot find other experiences like this online. Needless to say, I left a very hefty offering of tobacco and bought some mead as an offering because my lights did not go out. I love mead. It could have been a windy boy due to height and the fact that it used a sound that could drag me out of my room. I also wonder if it was a time slip due to the fact that my lights never went out, but I'm still very confused by the whole situation. Thank you, and I appreciate that you give a platform to share our stories and experiences. These are only a few of what I have experienced. Oh, I don't know how to say that. Migwetch? Migwetch? From Cat. Migwetch? It must be a sign-off, but I don't know what it means. I don't know, but we should look it up and and become more knowledgeable. Oh, it's a thank you. Oh. Migwetch, thank you prayer. We're looking it up. Please hold. Sorry, my coffee breath is so close to you now. <laughs> I have just as bad as of coffee breath. We are in this together. So I think it means thank you. But from where? Let's see. 
Um, well, now these are more words I can't say. It means thank you in Anishina Bamawin, also known as the Ojibwa. Okay. Indigenous, indigenous language. I think I talked about the Ojibwa very briefly when we covered Windy Boys. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Because it's part of that culture. Yes. Yeah. Originates from there. Yeah. Or at least I feel like originates is almost the wrong word to use because that insinuates that it was made up by these people. But I feel like it was just discovered and identified. Gotcha. Okay. By them. Okay. Anyway, now we're a little That's bit smarter. Cat's story. One percent smarter. One percent smarter. <laughs> Wait, cheers. <laughs> this is fun. I like being able to cheers our microphones. <laughs> with our little uh, I don't know even how to describe these microphones with the socks on them. There's just something about them. I just want to bite it. It 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 is comforting. I like holding it. Yeah, me too. I can see in the I have shit. I was gonna say all what's going me. on over there. <laughs> I can see it in the I'm oh, dirty. That's okay. We're this is the same outfit I wore last night, so we're Can't dirty. leave the hotel room until I change. <laughs> We're dirty and Kat is haunted. I and Kat is haunted, yes. I'm curious if Kat did look out the window at all or if Kat just had the, the knowledge and ability to be like, I'm not I'm not going to give it more attention because that's what it wants. <sighs> yeah. I mean, and it's also interesting that it was able to sustain its haunting for so long. So long. Which makes me think, like, what was it What was it trying to do? What was it – because I, I feel like in so many experiences that we've heard where mm-hmm. people have something similar happen, it doesn't go on as long as it does. Right. That, that was for three Kat. hours, three plus hours. Right. Which is, like, clearly it really wanted yeah. – I mean, it had other people around. It could have gotten – Right. Her grandfather, her brother – it could have gotten many other people, but clearly there yeah. was something specifically with Kat that they it <sighs> was willing to risk it and put in all of that, I'm that also, time. It makes me curious how spiritual, if at all, other family members in Kat's mm. family are because if Kat is the most in touch with spirituality and offerings and, you know, doing these rituals and stuff, perhaps – that made her a target because they're like right. trying to come after. I just feel like there's some level of openness. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's like you you try to become more spiritual and try to become more in tune with with like your past and ancestors yeah. and beliefs for all of the right reasons, but then in in turn you end up becoming more of a target. More vulnerable. Because, right. It's because like it's you're a challenge for aware. them. Yeah. You're now on the same playing field as so them. rude. I know. Well at least at least Kat survived. But I am Oh, I'm dying to know more about the alien adoption. Yeah, I want to know where – I wonder, Kat, if you remember where in – I'm going to speak to you. Kat, hello, if you're watching. Um, do you remember where this happened? What country road? And let's find that location. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I feel like aliens are everywhere. So at this point, we should just – well, let's just go to Vermont. Let's go where I okay. – Okay. When I was saying this reminded yeah. me a bunch of – where I grew up, I think it's because there is – I mean, we've never had a windy boy or mm-hmm. uh, a flesh a pedestrian or whatever that people – That you know. That, that we know of. Yeah. But I feel like the country roads and just the the pacing and the hauntings outside of bedroom doors happened so much in yeah. my where, – where I grew up. Jersey, and too. And there are – yeah. Well, and also, too, I mean, you're, like, near the Pine Barrens, so <laughs> very haunted. Very. But I'm just picturing, like – I have driven so many times, so many times as a 16-year-old, freshly with my license. Yeah. I would drive stretches of road for 20 minutes where I would never see another car. I barely see houses. It was so oh, dark. It was it's so desolate. creepy. Yeah. Yes. 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 I told you about – there was one time – I know I told you this many I'm years sure ago. But there was a, a specific road that I would drive on often uh, in Charlotte 
Vermont, mm-hmm. which it has a lot of like very dark roads. Uh-huh. I, I don't even know if there are streetlights anywhere in Charlotte. Uh-huh. But I had a friend from high school that her and her boyfriend were driving down the road and an old woman, they panicked because they went around a turn and an old woman was there and they <gasps> like slammed on their brakes, oh. hit the old woman. No. And it was a ghost. Just went right through the car. If you told me this, I feel like I'm experiencing it for the first time, so I don't remember. <laughs> That's horrifying. Yeah, and they were rattled. I remember them, her telling us, and it was like they didn't oh – her boyfriend gosh. didn't want to tell anyone because he was really freaked out by it. Because it feels like you actually hit a person. Right. Yeah. I'm just glad that they were together in the car because imagine doing, doing that alone. by yourself. Holy alone. shit. Terrifying. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Very my scary. gosh. Okay. Okay. I have an email from Okay. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Janessa, and I've been wanting to share the story ever since I found all of y'all's podcast. Your I can't read. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not caught up, but I'm loving every episode. So here it goes. This story has two parts. The first part is spooky. This is for you. And the first oh. part is sweet for me. Shouldn't oh, assign it. those for but either of us, but I'm it. assigning okay. them now. Great. Okay. So in the Great. spring of 2016, I was living with my oldest sister, Jennifer, in Austin. Hey, we were just there. Yeah. Which is about four hours north of our home in South Texas. Okay. At the time, our grandfather, who we call our Ito, was very sick and had been in and out of the hospital for several months. So oh, we sad. were making frequent trips back home to see him and our family. One night in May, I was sleeping alone in mine and Jen's apartment because she was staying with her girlfriend, and I had a really awful nightmare where I ended up seeing a shriveled-looking crone approaching me, repeating the word, death, death, (gasps) death, over and over. This is the perfect point where in our future show, which we have decided we're making at this very moment, where it cuts to a reenactment. Of me getting text messages, I probably should have. It's just like fully on the screen of you in bed and me as a crone. Death, 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 death. <laughs> it's just like a quick cut. Ew. You know how like Family it's... Guy, they cut to like random like yeah. little scenes for two seconds, That's but it's like we'll completely do. out of place. It's just random. <laughs> it's like us at a dinner party, and then there's like a ten second death, death. <laughs> like back to us being normal. Oh, yes. that's so creepy. Yeah. <sighs> okay. At that point, I was jolted awake in a panic, and as I was looking around the room, I saw the same wrinkled crone crouching in the corner. I tried to shine my cell phone light on the corner of the room, but then she was gone. Still freaking out, I started sobbing. Yeah. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. At this point, I'm going to jump ahead several months to the end of the year around the winter holiday. Me and my sisters were sitting around rehashing the year when one of them mentioned the story about our grandmother, Ita, being startled awake by what she called a La Bruja en la Rinconada. I Wait, so it's the same not, thing, though. I, I guess. She said, which means, <laughs> bless you. So sorry. <laughs> we're mess recording in person. <laughs> which means the witch in the corner. Oh. My sisters tried to write it off because our Ida has always been easily spooked by brujas, lechuzas, and the like. But, of course, did that sound good? That did sound good. I feel good. like – you you um, redeemed yourself a little bit there. I'm trying to, <laughs> to know how to speak Spanish. Okay. But, of course, I couldn't write it off because of the dream that I had had. Yeah. I asked them when she had experienced that, and they said that it was in May, right around the same time I had my experience. <gasps> Creepy, right? Very. Back to May and to the second part of the story. 
A couple days after that nightmare, I got a call from Jen that our Edo had been released from hospice back to our parents' house and that we should try to get home ASAP. Jen and I arrived in Laredo Friday evening, and we had lots of other family members in and out of the house trying to spend time with Edo in his last days. That night, many of us spent time with him holding his hand and listening to worship songs in his room and his and Ida's room. Later, my mom, Jen, and I were all asleep in the den right next to their room. I was on the couch that was diagonally facing the doorway so that I could easily look out and see the space in front of Ido and Ida's room. As in, I could see if anyone entered or exited the room. Oh, no. At some point in the middle oh. of the night, I woke up and drowsily looked out the doorway. I saw one of my uncles, one of Ido's sons, exit the room, and then right behind him, I saw a faint blue mass exit and enter our room. I sat up straighter in the couch, and the blue mass faded as it approached the couch that my mom and I were sleeping on. And a moment later, I heard her chuckle in her sleep. I felt completely calm about it, and I went back to sleep. The next morning, we discovered our Ido had passed away that night. And even though we were all expecting him to go and we knew his suffering and pain had ended, our mourning period was still long and difficult, especially for our Ida. But me and some of my sisters and cousins had visitations from our Ido in our dreams. I had two, actually, and in both dreams he was dressed in blue, either a blue hospital gown or a blue short-sleeved button-down that he often wore in life. He was his old self in my dreams, full of strength and happy and sturdy looking, which is very different from how his illness had left him, frail and weak. Wait, that makes me so happy that he was so much stronger. Right. And for some wow. reason, I was thinking that the bl- the blue mass following her uncle was going to be something creepy, and it's but this is sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. It's just it's clearly Edo yeah. just hanging out Aww. with all of the family and spending time with everybody. Aww. I know I have like chills, and also because like, like, the best he way. had passed away that night, so they right. probably didn't know until the next morning, right? And I wonder too if he had passed in that exact moment. Moment. Oh. Or if it was one of those things where you know when when people start when people are really sick or yeah. they're near the end of their life and how they're they're able to basically be like partially in the spirit world and partially right. here and they get to see a lot more. Yeah. I wonder if it was almost like he was still alive but his spirit was so strongly astral projecting right. that he was still like very present right. in his astral body. Well, you know what's interesting is when my grandfather passed away, he was kept on life support and machines until mm-hmm. like the morning so we could say goodbye to him. But we kind of think he and his spirit passed on yeah. before that. So it's like also very possible that even though your body is still living because machines are keeping it alive, maybe the spirit has already moved right. on. Well, that kind of – I mean it's it's a lot like Insidious, the movie Insidious where it's like <laughs> – the, yeah, the scary version, or like an episode of Touched by an Angel, which yeah, I feel like I brought yeah. up five times throughout the lifetime of this podcast. But it's the thing where it's like your your spirit and soul sometimes it might still be technically tethered to the body, mm-hmm. but it's not at all present. Yeah, I definitely oh, that's believe interesting. that. Yeah, because your body is just your shell after all, it is or at a least shell. I believe that. I believe that too. Yeah, yeah. So. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. When I shared the experience w- with my energy worker, she said that a blue mass that I had often seen is likely his spirit going around and saying goodbye to everybody in the house. Mm-hmm. I like to think that that's why my mom chuckled in her sleep that night. Aww. He had popped up into her dream to cheer her up and let her know that he was going to go now, but that she would be okay. Oh. My mom, who's always been very dismissive of the spiritual world, says that she never remembers her dreams, and so she doesn't remember that one either. But I still chose to believe. Yes. Believe. 
That was the story surrounding Ida's passing, and I do believe Ida and I had been visited by death herself in the form of the crone slash witch. But since she wasn't coming for, for us, she presented herself as frightening. I don't believe death appeared that way to my Ida when he passed. I believe death looked more like an angel to him, Aww. waiting to usher him into the great yeah. beyond with peace, since it was his time and he was ready. Yeah. He was a man of immeasurable faith, and I think that he knew, in a sense, what would be waiting for him once he crossed over the threshold of life into death. Mm. Thanks for taking the time to read my story. I hope you all enjoyed it. Stay spooky and see you on the other side. Janessa. Okay. A story that started out so creepy. Right. Death. 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 A creeping crone. Yeah. Turned beautiful. Yeah. And that is so sweet. And I actually had this. Okay. This is a little bit of a tangent. Okay. And I feel like I'm going to ruin the girl in the picture documentary to you a little bit. That's okay. I'm still – Okay. I, I am someone who reads the last page of a book before yes, I are. start Okay, it. okay. So it's not actually reading anything <laughs> because this is common knowledge. So so the woman in the story was basically kidnapped as a child mm. and then she died. And, and so I was wondering if there are people out there who have been kidnapped or taken at such a young age that when they pass away, do they then get the knowledge of their real family and oh. all of that? And and how do like how do you process that I guess as a ghost? Right. Or if is it like you you learn it, maybe you're able to like see your family, hopefully see that they're okay. I don't know. That's like, one of that's the confusing trauma. right. And I imagine that's hard I'm thinking it from a human standpoint, so right. I guess I don't know what I it's I know. That's like. what I was going to say. It's it's difficult to know because I feel like we – the one thing that we said we always know, the one mm. thing we're sure of is that we know nothing yes. about yes. the paranormal. <laughs> we know nothing about most we know things, nothing. actually. You sound like Gru. <laughs> <laughs> we know nothing. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like what would happen because there's so yeah. many experiences that people who've had near-death experiences will come back and say like you just feel – extreme peace. You're totally okay right. with everything. Things are presented and they're presented very much as like a fact that has no yeah. effect on your emotion. But then there are all these spirits that feel Hold like grudges. they- Yeah. Unfinished yeah, business. Exactly. Yeah. Right. These spiteful spirits. Yeah. And so I don't really know what would happen. And I guess it also depends on sort of like your belief of what happens right. or like what the purpose of, do you believe in reincarnation? And if you do- are you here to actually learn something or just experience something? Do you even care about your last life? Yeah. Or is it, are you like fully prepping for your next one as soon as you move over? I don't really know. We don't know. We know nothing. We know <laughs> nothing. But I do love this story and that that she was able to see his spirit and it's right. his like blue mass and he's in this healthy, stronger form than he was when he passed away, which is just – I know. All you can hope for. I love that he entered her mom's dreams yeah. too. Like he Ugh. just – he came out with the uncle and then just kind of – she just watched the blue mask dissipate and then her mom starts giggling. That's so sweet. So sweet. I love it. I love it. Okay. This is a, a bit of a longer one. Okay. But and, – and it's from an anonymous listener. It is called The Watcher Turned Stalker Due to a Family Curse – Attempted possession. Okay. Also, there's something about someone sending in a story under the, an anonymous name that makes it so much scarier yeah. going into it. I'm like, why? why? I know. I know. <laughs> why can't anyone trace this back to you? It also makes me sad because what if? Well, we'll fall. We'll forward anything if any other listeners have any similar experiences. Like we'll forward it on. You know. Like sometimes it's nice to say your name so that if anyone else has an experience, they can reach out to you. But mm-hmm. I guess we never say last names anyway. No. Right. Because we keep secrets. Okay. Okay. 
I don't know how to like what hand to hold it with. I know it's it's kind of hard. I miss our stands. Yeah. Can you believe we used to do this for two years just holding it? That's wild. My arm is tired. Yeah. Okay. For as long as I can remember, my family has had an unexplainable attachment that has followed us. When I was about three to four years of age, I remember this shadow entity type thing always following and lurking in my home. We lived in an apartment complex at the time. Our apartment was set up as a side-by-side duplex since we are in a three-bedroom that had an upstairs, but other apartments were stacked like what you would think of when mentioning an apartment. Any hoozle, that doesn't really matter. Back to the part where we actually, what we actually care about. I remember coming out of my room at three or four years old, going into the hallway looking towards my mother's room. She used blackout curtains, causing the room to be blanketed in darkness, where this being would be standing in the corner by the head of the bed, able to look into the hallway. Ugh. It was tall and human-shaped, which I suppose could be considered a shadow entity since it lacked any noticeable features, and oh yeah, was a solid black mass, unable to see where its eyes, mouth, and nose, or any of that would be. It bothered me to see it, of course. Unnerving would be a good way to explain it. But being a child, a sassy one at that, would <laughs> I would give it a glare while raising my chin and straightening my posture and just keep going. <laughs> Almost daring it to do something or even follow me. What a brave three-year-old. I know. Since I believed I was untouchable because my dad was big and mean when needed. <laughs> so therefore. Oh, that's so cute. It is really cute. So innocent. No one's really strong enough when it comes to the paranormal, right? Try to be. Try. Therefore, he would protect me even from this thing and or my mom would do fine until he could get to it. My mom would do fine. (laughs) (laughs) After all, parents are there to protect us and mine were no different from becoming a – were no no different becoming a bear when need be. At the time, the thing didn't feel bad, but it didn't feel good either. It was just there watching. Eventually, I asked my mom about this thing and explained where I would see it, my interactions with it, or lack thereof, and she told me he was just a figment of my imagination, and if I ignored him, then eventually he would go away on his own. I saw it so much, it was just one of those things I became used to. Oh, no. Ignoring him. This is making me scared because it's like once you become desensitized to it, you might accidentally let something slip a little further. And if it's doing the same thing over and over, you don't expect it to do anything else. Right. Ugh. Playing the long game, this demon is. Ignoring him, since he didn't seem to do anything anyways, would just casually appear and watch. So in a way, I was not worried about him. He was just there, not doing anything of an importance, and most importantly, not bothering me. So in turn, I dismissed his presence and accepted my mom's explanation. Looking at him as a thing that just watched me, and since he was part of my imagination anyway, he had no real power. This stalker guy did not stay in my mom's room, though. He would move about the house, showing up in my closet when I would go in for toys, and the room didn't have to be naked of light for him to show. Nor did he stay in the house. He would disappear at times and then come back. There were even times where he would scare me, but I'm not sure he even meant to. After all, he was only supposed to be a figment of my imagination, right? So in turn, I was scaring myself because if he's a figment of my imagination, he only showed up when I wanted him to, or so I thought. Long story long, when we moved out of state, it seemed like that was the end of that. Until shortly after, he followed sticking to the traditional creepy spots. You know, closets, basements, unused or lightly used rooms. Just watching. This went on for years, and I just assumed the watcher was essentially a protector of my family, since he only seemed interested in us. I say this because we lived in a large house with approximately a total of 14 people in the house. 
including my entire family, and he only seemed to watch my family. More importantly, he seemed to hover around my dad, stalking him from the corners, looking back on it now as an adult with the knowledge I have now, he was most likely feeding off my dad's energy. He stuck around, but over the years, I dismissed his presence and did not acknowledge him again until his energy changed. He went from being a watcher in the background with no obvious motive for being around to this foreboding presence that emanated negative intent. You could feel it when you got close to his lo- mm-hmm. location. And he had no problem letting you know he sees you and is just waiting for you to come into arm's length. Oh. It's what I imagine prey feels like just before a predator strikes. Every hair stands to attention. You feel eyes on you while you start to form a knot in your stomach. And your body starts activating the fight-or-flight response, begging you to run to safety. The house we lived in at the time had a basement that had a large area that we used as a playroom with three other rooms that were used as storage. When you went down the hallway, the first room you would pass is when your hair would start to stand on end while your body would be covered in goose flesh. The further you went down to the other rooms, the more you would just want to turn and run due to the amount of dread that would pass through you at just the idea of even going down that way. My body would start protesting at even of the thought of going in that direction. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's just like, oh, it's like, it's so hard because this thing is clearly, it started so subtle and like Mm -hmm. slowly increased, 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 increased that like, I imagine they didn't, it wasn't like a snap of the fingers, right? you know? So it was just like slow, subtle, increasingly more malicious. Right. I mean, they said it themselves where it's like, it it, it felt so normal and benign, like its presence was just there for so long that they started to think that it was a protector of the family. And that's exactly when something like that will switch and start to creep in and do the horrible yeah. things that demonic presence and set oh, out to it's do. It's such a long con. I hate yeah. it. But also, like, I feel like there's been many examples of stories that we've read where we're like, come on, demon, be smarter. And finally, <laughs> and, uh, we're, we're meeting one but that is. we don't is. like it. And now we're like, shoot, why did you do it so well? Don't be so bad, you bad demon. Okay. It was so bad that during the holiday season, when it was time to get Christmas decor out, we would hold out so long as so we wouldn't have to go past that first room. We made quite the fuss about it that my parents even would scold us for being afraid of a dark room. After all, that's what it was supposed to be. That's it. Just a dark room. And it's where I became convinced I was the only person who could see him while my siblings could just feel him. I am curious. Like, the, It sounds like their parents didn't experience it at all. Right. Which is so scary as a child to basically yeah. have your parents fully not experience anything and to be like, no, this is happening. And they, the parents are probably like, oh, my gosh, just – they really spook themselves. Yeah. yeah, I'm the oldest of three, and even my siblings wouldn't go down the hallway even if there was light because we all know light chases away the boogeyman, of course – But not in this case. We wouldn't even go down that direction to retrieve toys that traveled too far, leaving them until our parents would kick them into the main play area or that we could convince someone else to grab it for us. My parents tended to fight a lot due to my dad being an alcoholic, but it was during this time that it seemed to be at its all-time worst. This is the house he became more abusive towards my mom, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Oh, so sad. Yeah. So, of course, this thing had ample amounts of energy, especially negative energy, to feed off of growing more and more powerful. This is where I feel like I should warn you and fellow listeners that it will get dark. I will be talking about suicide and suicide ideation, as well as mental, physical, and emotional abuse. We stayed in that house for about a year or so when we moved. I will explain the layout only because it is important to understand for later events. 
You would walk into the front door, into the living room, to the farthest right corner, sat the fireplace and the entryway to go to the dining room. Going to the left, on the wall in the farthest left corner, was a doorway that you walked through and had a staircase for upstairs. I'm just imagining if we were, like, a documentary or, like, really high production, that as I explain this, a map of a house would come up and it would, like, <gasps> oh, draw yes. where we're saying. It's almost like a Sims. Yeah, so everyone can visualize it. Right. When you went up the stairs, there were two rooms. You would hit the landing, look to the left. There was my brother's room to the right and my sister's and I's room there as well. Back to the main level of the house, you walk into the dining room, and there to the left was a door that went to my parents' room, and on the wall next to that was another doorway that would lead to the kitchen. That I, we, mean, we need the visual. Mm-hmm. Yes. Going to the left back wall was another bathroom, was the bathroom, and going to the right was a doorway that would lead to the basement slash outside. When walking out that door, you would be on a large landing with a sort of closet to the left and then a stairway that when at the bottom, you would give the cho- get the choice to go left to the basement or right to the back patio in the yard. The thing made its home in that basement. So when you would be on that bottom landing, you could immediately feel the energy. I hate that. That is the fear everyone feels at some point in their life where they start to run up the stairs and it's like, what is going to grab my ankles oh. and drag me back down? Yes. And that is and that's this. It's basically yes. yeah. It's truly there. And this it's is waiting. also like not just because I feel like basements and are scary in general. And the idea of like darkness behind you is scary. Mm-hmm. But this is like they have seen, they have felt. Right. It is there is something there. Whereas I feel like for me growing up, I, it always felt like something was lurking in the basement <laughs> and there was negativity, but I had never seen anything. Right. Oh. Mm. The door to the basement was weird. Think scary movie. The main character comes upon a wooden door that just seems out of place, and when you open it, you find a victim of some horrid crime. Or Michael waiting like, hey, how you doing? Cool. Well, now I'm going to kill you. Oh, damn, why are you running? I just wanted to play a friendly game of tag, but, you know, with my knife. (laughs) But then he walks just in his his nice old jumpsuit, which a very attractive jumpsuit. I want one. (laughs) But somehow catches you. Yeah, well, this is – I love this. Okay. I want to reread that because it's very good. Okay. Okay. So you open a door. Yes. And I'm standing there. Hello. With a creepy smile. And I'm like, what happened? Hey. Hi. How are you doing? I'm okay. How and are you? And you start to run. Oh, no. Well, I'm going to kill you now. Oh, <laughs> damn. Why are you running? I just wanted to play a friendly game with my knife. <laughs> no one ever wants to play with me. Oh, God. That's all written. This is not from my brain, believe it or not. <laughs> Are you wait, isn't this from Anonymous? Is this you? Did you write this <laughs> to us? That's why you're not saying the name. <laughs> Sounds like you. Uh, sniffle, sniffle, sigh. That is also written. <laughs> I hated going down there for anything, and I was not alone in that endeavor. At one point, my sister and I had to go down for something, and then when we turned, we raced back to the stairs, and being older, I would put her between me and the stalker. Oh, very nice. So if he was going to take someone, it would not be me. Things seemed to spiral more in this home. One evening, I was walking by my parents' room, stopping in the doorway to the kitchen, looking into my parents' room due to the yelling, and saw my dad screaming and yelling, What the fuck is that? Get it away from me. Help me. Oh, God, please help me. Don't let it take me. I'm not ready. I still have time. Oh, my gosh. All the while. My chest just got so tight, constricted, like feeling the panic that they're feeling. This is also like a horror movie to, to peer in. You've spent your whole life knowing that there's this dark entity that your parents have told you in your imagination and then peering into your parents' room, seeing your father cowering away from something. 
My mom was standing with her hands up, palms out towards my dad, trying to calm him and let him know that there was nothing in the room other than the two of them, which only threw him into further hysterics, yelling at her, pointing, it's right there. How do you not see it standing in the corner? No, don't touch me. Oh, I just got chills. This is is the scariest story I've ever heard. This man was yelling as loud as he could and crying all at the same time while falling all over himself in the bed in an attempt to get away from something he was convinced was coming after him. Well, here's the worst part of all of this is that the kids all experienced this and had some preparation. The parents, this is like a Band-Aid rip of the most terrifying thing they could ever see just suddenly appearing. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. After she finally calmed him down, she saw that I had just witnessed the whole thing. When she came out of her room, I asked what had happened and why my dad was freaking out the way he was and what he was seeing that frightened him so much, which in turn scared me because if he was afraid, then we should all be afraid because he was not the type that spooked easily. This is where she informed me that my dad had bipolar schizophrenia, and that meant he would experience hallucinations that were not there, but in the moment... He was experiencing something so real and tangible that no amount of reasoning would be able to snap him out of it. What he experienced was only in his head. Or was it? Well, that's one of the things that we've talked about a lot is that sometimes it's hard when you cover the topic of paranormal because there's a lot of mental illness that can also be attributed to the same types of things happening. But then on the flip side, Mm -hmm. having mental illness or – or having bad things happen to you and just being surrounded by sometimes negativity or, yeah. or distrust of people around you or or of yourself often attracts Makes you the vulnerable. darkness. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a – it's a catch-22. It's like, which one is it? Oh, my gosh. <gasps> oh, okay. This would be a good place to mention that I was about eight or nine when this happened. And due to what my mother told me, shaped how I started to see the paranormal world. It caused me to think back to the stalker man and when I would see him as a child. Maybe it wasn't my imagination. Maybe I suffered from schizophrenia as well. I couldn't say that to my mom, though, because she had enough to worry about with my dad and I didn't need to add to her stress. After all, I am the oldest. I should be able to handle anything. Oh, such a sad child thought. And well, it's not a problem for me at the moment, so just don't worry about it unless it becomes problematic. This is where things really start to get interesting because shortly after this experience happened, the feeling in the basement became stronger. Just walking to the top of the stairs, you could feel the energy waiting for you to go down the stairs, wherever that thing would be, waiting to grab you and drag you into the basement where it was able to do whatever. This energy was so strong and foreboding that it was suffocating. You would literally feel like you were fighting for breath. As an adult, I would compare the experience to a panic attack that dies the minute you either get outside or decide to go back into the house. I started waking up every night between 3 a.m. and 3.30 no matter where I was. My bed was located against a wall, and if I was sitting up, I could look into my brother's room, see out the window, and onto the roof and in the backyard. Well, that's all that should have been in my line of sight. Instead, I would also see a large male figure pacing back and forth walking to the window, then turning and walking Mm -hmm. to my room and back again, all while looking at the floor and mumbling. The first time this happened, I sat partially up in my bed, looking at him, wondering what in the absolute fuckery is this? (laughs) Thinking I'm dreaming because no way was there someone able to get into my house. How could they? I mean, we have a dog who would have alerted us to an intruder causing the entire house to get up and be aware of this person. There was no way they could enter through the window to my brother's room since their roof wasn't strong enough to support any real true weight. 
Plus, they would have caused noise when they entered due to the toy box that was under the window. I continued to stare at his profile. I would put his height at about 5'10", head bent to the floor with shoulder-length hair covering his face in shadows, wearing a dark t-shirt and dark pants with some sort of black boot. Overall appearance would be toned in shape and muscles, but not like full-on muscle, while holding a knife in one of his hands. Ugh. I watched him for probably about a full minute when he finally noticed me. He turned to start walking back towards my room when he stopped and snapped his head up in my direction, shouted and charged me. Oh my God. The only noise I seemed to be able to muster was a small gasp, lying back down, throwing my blanket over my head, holding the edge of the mattress so it wouldn't come off of me while simultaneously curling into a ball while I started to cry. And then I felt his weight hit my bed, straddling me in place. And I also felt him bringing down his hands on me as if he was trying to beat me and stab me. All I could do was squeeze my eyes shut and tell myself, it's okay. This isn't real. You're just having an experience like daddy did. Just breathe it. It will go away. God will protect you. And after a while, I wouldn't feel this weight on me anymore. Mustering all the courage I was able at such a young age, I would slowly start to remove the blanket from my head to see if he was still there. To my surprise, he was actually gone, and I would just pray, thanking, thanking God for protecting me, watching over me, and eventually calming down enough to go back to sleep. This became a nightly thing, with one entity or another, pacing back and forth, eventually noticing I see it, and then attacking me while I hid in my bed for prayer or praying for help. You know what this makes me think? What if this what if this isn't a demon at all? What if there's some weird time slip where there's a wrinkle of time and someone oh. else is experiencing the same thing like just over and over every single oh. night of feeling like they're walking into their room and they're seeing this like deep this like demonic creature laying on their bed. Like it to them it's a she's a but shadow But you wouldn't person. be walking into your room holding a knife pacing Unless maybe they did it one day Ugh. out of complete frustration and then realized that's the only thing that basically, like, makes the shadow person on their bed go away. And so every single Ugh. night they're just like, oh, my God, I have to do it again. Or there's a demon. Or there's a demon. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to <sighs> make it not the scariest demon I've Ugh. ever heard of. I'm, like, cowering into the wall right I now. I know. <laughs> I never told either of my parents what was happening to me. I didn't want to be looked down on. Not only that, but I felt like somehow I was failing them in a way if I admitted to this weakness as I saw it. I also didn't want people to look at me like I was crazy or somehow at fault for this happening. Oh, that's sad. When I finally opened up about my experience to a friend, they told me that when it happens, to imagine a light coming down to protect you, and if it's something bad, the light would get rid of it and protect me. My grandparents told me to pray, and so I would do both, and it would help. I would still have those experiences every night and eventually would do that light ritual before going to bed, and it started to slow down. If I did it before bed, then I wouldn't see a physical manifestation of beings, but I could still feel their energy. Unfortunately, my dad completed suicide in this home, and a year after that, we moved. You would think this would be the end, but it's not. The new house we moved to, the watcher followed. The experiences became worse, and instead of maybe visits from the dead, we would have physical proof we were not alone. Cabinets in the kitchen would open on their own and bang shut during the witching hour. During the day, my cousin was visiting with my mom in her room, and she was sitting on her bed, my cousin standing next to her. And while they were talking, the mattress by her feet sunk in as though someone just sat. Nope. My nope. cousin said, sorry, auntie, but I'm not stupid and proceeded to run out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time my cousin and I were in my room and I told her my goodbyes in a sense because that night I was going to complete suicide. She oh. would not leave me alone and I just started getting crazy mad. I laid on my bed and then I'm not even sure how to write this next part. It is so bizarre. And the only way I can properly explain it is that maybe it was an attempted possession. 
I just started screaming. My cousin is trying to calm me down as I scream at her, and I was just yelling that I wanted to die. Leave me alone. Our sisters are in the room right next to me. Like, in order to get into my room, you needed to walk through my sister's room to get to mine. And neither my sister nor my cousin's sister heard me screaming right next to them. Oh. It wasn't until my cousin walked into my room that she saw the distress of the situation. Alarmed, she asked what was going on and why I was screaming and crying while my other cousin just tried to keep me still. She had no idea that I had been unconsolable for the last five minutes and was saying things that just made no sense. Both cousins are on my bed now trying to get me to calm down, one on either side of me. And these girls weigh about like 120 to 130 pounds each, each of them holding on my arms. And I somehow managed to lift each girl with the arm they were trying to hold down. Oh my God. All while still screaming and apologizing for not being strong enough. That they needed to let me go. Another five minutes goes by when my sister walks in, seeing the situation at hand for the first time and says my name in a questioning manner. I looked over at her and said calmly to go get mom now. She paled and went for my mom who came into my room, saw me and the two girls in her strong mom voice yelled, enough. Everything in the room changed. The energy and I just deflated like a balloon on my bed. I have chills. When she asked what happened and what was going on, I was not able to answer her. So the girls had to explain it. I was kicked out of my room and told to go watch a movie of sorts to get my mind off of whatever the hell just happened. This is wild. Yes. Fast forward again, we moved to another house, and this is where things got even worse. My sister decided it would be okay to play with a Ouija board in a graveyard with her friends. We still had activity in our new home, but I'll send another email explaining those that happened later. The point is that she played played and broke essentially every single rule when she played with the Ouija board. They played in a graveyard and never said goodbye, giving who I suspect our, stro- our stalker a stronger foot holding on this plane. Things started happening all the time, and this thing was just malevolent. My mother's idiot boyfriend called it out saying, oh, you think you're so big and bad? How about you show yourself and pick on someone your own size, you little – I don't like that word. And well, that night, he was attacked by whatever this thing is. My mom and him were watching a movie when she was hugged from behind, dragged up to the head of her bed – part of the way up the wall while her boyfriend was simultaneously grabbed by the calf and pulled most of the way off the bed. When he was almost off the bed, they were both released and checked his leg for marks, finding three scratches that went down his leg. This this is so far beyond just like a normal possession case. No. I feel like this is – they should make movies about this yes. place. They should have had this, this whole family. Ed, the whole family and the place exercised yeah. a thousand times. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. And it's not even – there's still more. I hope there's, like, some resolution at the end. I hope. Okay. Starting now is when things became really upbeat in the house. Things just started being upbeat. I don't know if upbeat's the right word for this because things started being thrown at people. Things would go missing, and the energy of the house was just majorly repressive. It became so bad that my mom stayed with my grandma for a week and a half. She even went to the church to talk to the pastor, trying to get him to come in and do a cleansing or a blessing at the end because she thought our home was haunted by something bad. The pastor started to laugh her off and ask why she thought that, and when she explained everything that was happening, he advised her to reach out to a specialist because he could not come into the house for fear that whatever it was would attack him and kill him 
if it let him in the house at all. Okay. So this family's just feeling completely alone and abandoned oh, now. Completely. It's like, hello, isolation. No one's here to help you. No. Yeah. My sister ended up in a mental health facility at this time as well. And my mom told him about the erratic behavior she was displaying while in their care. Is this the same sister that played with the Ouija board? Mm. He advised that she send my sister a care package and dose everything with holy water. My sister was in the facility for about two weeks. And when my mom sent the holy water care package... My sister's behavior was returned to normal, and she was home in two weeks. In the meantime, she had also reached out to a local paranormal investigator team who were excited to come and check out my mom's home and perform a cleansing to help us rid this thing. I do love the difference of, like, the pastor being like, I'm too scared that this thing's going to attack and kill me, and the paranormal investigator team being like, hell yeah, let's grab (laughs) our – let's do it. (laughs) Long story short, they shit a brick – cleansing the house and told her that if it didn't do the trick, then she would need to reach out to someone else because they absolutely refused to come back in the home. Oh, God. She then placed holy relics in every room of the house and put down some ground rules for the normal ghosts in the house. I'm leaving some details out because this is so long as is, but don't worry. I can email more encounters that will fill in some of the time gaps. Yes, my mom's house is still haunted. No, that's sad. She recently went to see a medium who seems legit. And when my mom came in, she was able to explain the layout of her house without any help and talked about my dad as well without any information being given or asking my mom leading questions to get where she could, you know, con my mom. If I were a medium, I would be so scared of cases like this where you where you yourself are already so open. Yeah. And everybody, whether they believe or not, seems to yes. be experiencing something. I'd be so scared to – to basically be around anyone. Well, who I mean, has... think about it. all these people are scared. The pastor and then the, yeah. the paranormal team was excited, and then they go, and it's like this is too too right. intense for us. Ugh. During the session, she learned that she essentially saved my dad's soul from damnation. I guess when he was in his early teens, my dad sold his soul to the devil. He was an atheist and didn't believe in all the extras of the world. And so being an ignorant teen who knew more, sarcastically sold his soul to an evil entity of sorts. Now, if that was the devil or just a demon, we are not sure. Regardless, he made a contract to die by 30 and have his ashes be spread within the first year of his death, and then he would be property of the thing. Whoa. I want to know how he did that. Why are you trying to do it? I'm trying to not accidentally oh. do it. <laughs> I don't th- – well, just don't sarcastically say you're going to sell your soul to well, the Well, that's de- the thing. It's devil. like, it, is it just – is it just you saying it out loud? Because if that's the case, well, it sounds like he signed a I contract. Might be fucked. <laughs> well, I am pretty sure on this podcast we have said like, "Well, why not?" Yeah. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. We take it all back. Okay. The medium told my mom this, but then said that he somehow lasted two years longer than he was supposed to. My dad was cremated, and my mom was supposed to only hold on to his ashes for the maximum of a year and then spread them, but she never did that. And the medium told my mom that her lack of doing so is a good thing because if she did, she would have fulfilled the wishes of the contract my dad had made. But because she didn't, the contract had become null and void. She then proceeded to inform my mother that a curse was somehow placed on an ancestor of my dad's about 150-ish years ago that affects not only him but also the bloodline. The only way to remove it— the person who's writing us. Yes. The only way to remove it was sitting down and doing what I would consider a cleansing ritual by accepting that this happened but encasing ourselves in light and protection and that it would go away. It seems too simple to me, but I'm not about to play with fate like that either. So my question still stands. Was this thing I saw while growing up the same thing that started attacking us? I believe so. Was this thing targeting us because of some curse that was put on our bloodline 150-ish years ago? 
Again, I would wager the answer to be yes, but will I be curious enough to try and reach out to the other side? No. Sorry, not sorry for the length. I tried to simplify as much as I could while keeping (laughs) the important parts. Don't worry, though. With the experiences I have, I'll be able to fill in any blanks here and give you more creeps like the time I saw two kid ghosts that may or may not have been black-eyed kids or black-eyed crotch goblins. See you on the other side for sure with the hopes of seeing you on this side first. Okay. (laughs) These generational curses really freak me out because how are you ever supposed to be prepared or or really know exactly what you're supposed to do because you don't know what you're battling against. It's not like your ancestors leave you this book of like, here's how to break the curse. Yeah. here's the Even here's the curse that I I put on you. Yeah. yeah, That was made. And then it's also so interesting because if all of the stuff that the medium told our listener's mom is true, like was the curse somehow activated and intensified by the fact that this listener's dad – made a contract or a deal with some demon, devil, evil spirit, whatever it may be. Like, did that amplify everything and make it worse? Like, a curse and a deal with a devil combo is, I mean, it's this email. I know that the the curse or or basically the the selling of the soul on the dad's part was intending to to keep his soul, like, bound to them, Mm -hmm. but I – to this demon. But I like to think – that I'm going to put a positive spin. Okay, I appreciate this. I like to think that the reason demons hang around people and yeah. and try to contribute to their depression is because it feeds on whatever darkness is left over after they pass. So mm. I like to picture that when the dad did pass, he was freed of all of the depression, all of the sadness, so. all of the illnesses that he'd ever felt. Yeah. And his soul got to move on and it leaves this like dark cloud of all it's of like the shadow ne- people. negativity. Yeah. And then the demon feeds yes. on it. Like it just like sucks. Like a dementor. It's like, like the sucks creeper. It in. Way really yes. helps. But that it's separate from that person. That right. person gets to move on and yes. just leaves all of the, I hope so. the negativity. But that's why yeah. the demons feed on that sort of thing. Oh, God. This uh, this whole story – like, it, it, I mean, it was a long one, so I feel like there's just so many pieces that we can dissect and talk about. But the, the thing that sticks out with, to me – there's two the most. Mm-hmm. The moment where our listener peeked into their be- the parents' bedroom. And the dad was – And the dad was like, yes. get away from me, get away from me. right. And then the second is when the mom's boyfriend mocked the demon. Mm. And then that night she was she was dragged up the headboard and he was pulled down and had three scratches. And th- that the fact that that's happening simultaneously, imagine the like wingspan or just the right. strength of – because I almost imagine – sometimes I think demons like can – just move you and do things without even actually touching you. It's like will like mind oh, probably. mind I'm control. Sure. Well, also this mom had to experience so much before actually recognizing what was truly happening. Like her her children experienced so much Ugh. and then her late husband experienced so much. Yeah. But it was so it's so easy to say it's imagination. It's for the dad's part it yeah. was his mental illness contributing to right. it. And then for it to allow it to, like, fester and grow as much as it did and that be the result on – like, I feel terrible for the mom, too, to, like, yeah. basically be like, I could have been prepping for this for years and doing something, but instead I thought it was this other thing. Right. Which is, like, you know, this demon was brilliant, uh, unfortunately. The slow con mm-hmm. of creeping and just being there, just standing and right. watching and waiting for its moment to strike. And it just – I mean, it tore apart this family and tried to continue to tear it apart. And I'm really – yeah, I'm, our listener said that their mom's house is still haunted. Right. So I'm curious 
what they experience. I pray that they can fully live soon without any other paranormal activity ever happening. We should do a community cleansing. Cleansing. Yeah. Just direct your energy towards yeah. this person. Let's all metaphysically hold hands and send out the good vibration. Stab this demon. Oh yeah. We'll be the shadow <gasps> the repeated shadow figure with the with the knife is just us. Each night it's another one of us being Here's the shadow. Oh, yeah. The shadow is good. This is creepy. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we're going to have to ask for more because uh, that is yeah, horrifying. Whew, horrifying. Jeez. Um. Should I hold it for you? <laughs> Just be like a podium. Yeah. yeah. Actually, can you can you go on all fours and I'll put this on your back? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. I have an email from our listener, Alex. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Alex. I'm female. The name isn't always telling. I discovered your podcast at the beginning of the past fall, and yes, I am obsessed. My family will hear me <laughs> laughing at what seems to be myself, only to realize that I do have my AirPods in, and I'm listening to you two while cooking and cleaning, etc. LOL. Okay, so, wait. Little side note. Yeah. There's a new show on Netflix called Boo Bitch, and it is so YA, but it's so delightful. I love YA, though. It's so good, and it's about like these two best friends in high school. It's their senior year. They really haven't like lived life, and one of them dies. Oh God! But it's, <laughs> but it's like funny and is a ghost and like it's I, so it's I you and me. So it's you and I. Yeah. <laughs> it, basically, they stole the rights of our life and <laughs> <laughs> boo bitch, boo bitch. It's great. I love it. I wanna, yeah, it's like Mean wanna... Girls meets like paranormal. It's fun. Yeah, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah, boo bitch, boo bitch. Okay. Yeah. It recently hit me that I have some stories that our spooky fam may take a liking to. I've always been sensitive to energies and spirits. My sister Kelsey is sensitive as well. For instance, when I was four years old, I remember seeing an older man on the top of our house working on the roof while my sister and I were outside with our parents working in the yard. Kelsey and I asked who that man was, and my parents said they didn't see anyone. Yet Kelsey and I were looking right at him. Oh, Kelsey and I asked about this a few years ago, and apparently the previous owner of the house was an older man who died of natural causes. Hmm. At least it's like a nice man. Right. And he's taking care of the roof work, which is like one of the most dangerous and annoying parts of owning a house. Well, I hope it actually stuck if it's apparently taking care of the roof work. Right. Yeah. (laughs) If he's truly able to to fix things and clean out the gutters. Anyway, I work in an assisted living home in the office, but nonetheless have had my fair share of semi-terrifying events. I started working here at 19 years old as a receptionist, so I do not breach a HIPAA violation. I've changed all of the names (laughs) in my stories. (laughs) We're going to out you. (laughs) Yes. There was a resident who we will call Mary who was 98 years old and on hospice. She didn't leave her room much, but every so often the caregiver would wheel her out to the lobby to sit by the fireplace, enjoy some coffee, and do a little people watching. I love – that sounds like a dream day. It was around 7.30 p.m., and it was just Mary and me out in the lobby. A very quiet evening. I hear Mary talking, so I walk over to her thinking she's trying to speak to me. I said, I'm sorry, Mary. I couldn't quite hear you. Is there something I can do for you? No, she said. I was speaking to the little girl behind you. Of course, with dread, I took a deep sigh, and I'm sure with a tremble in my voice, I said, oh, okay, well, I'll be right over there if you need me. (laughs) What a casual response, Alex. (laughs) Now, I must say, I have never seen the ghost children, but many residents, usually on hospice or in further stages of dementia, will complain about the children in their apartment. It's always the children. Ew. So many people are experiencing it. Yes. Wow. It's very creepy. Or that children are keeping them up. 
or that they need an extra meal brought to their room for the children. For the children. Well, I hope they're good. They're just like keeping them yes, company. Need little candies for all the kids in my little room. Little butterscotches. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so cute. My grandpa used to keep a bag of the lifesavers oh, in his. Oh, the mints? Yes. And mm. we would close the, the door and go <laughs> and see the sparks. Oh, the sparks. Yeah. My grandma that. kept Werther's. Oh, so oh, freaking good. Werther's are so good. So good. Delicious. Yum. No. Hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's only fans for people who like tongues. Sabrina's tongue. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new podcast. Sabrina's Tongue. Yeah. Fans who like tongues. It's just ASMR of you pretending to – or just licking the licking microphone. Licking the microphone. <laughs> I'd, I'd go through a lot of microphones. And then, that. yeah, Leia's next to you just meowing. Yeah. It's like okay. Uh, okay. We're getting into weird, weird territory. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> From what I've gathered after working there for the past seven and a half years, I have come to believe that when the residents talk about seeing things that are not there, they are just – Truly seeing things that we cannot. Yeah. I think at times uh, we rationalize what we see or hear and our minds block out that stuff and disables us from being able to see the spirits that are around us. Anyone who's worked with the elderly knows that they start to lose that block or filter as they reach their final months. A few coworkers and I decided to do a little investigating about the land our facility was built on, and we learned that it was a farm town and a schoolhouse (gasps) used to reside on the property. Of course, right? That's just the tip of the iceberg of work stories that I have. I mean, if you think about how many people have died here, I'm surprised more things haven't happened. Or maybe I just keep my filter up and rationalize my experiences. If you're interested in more experiences, I will gladly write back anytime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always. You two are simply the best, and I thank you for the hours of entertainment that you've provided me with. P.S. My dad also has many spooky stories. Yes. He's from Hawaii, which I'm sure you Ooh. know is a very spiritually very. active place. Stories that include a traveling man from China riding a donkey, the infamous Whoa. night marchers, and many more. Yes, we XO, need to know. Alex. Alex, you need to send us more. Oh, my gosh, yes. I love to think that – this retirement home, nursing home that Alex works at, it's just such a positive experience for mm-hmm. people to, like, finish their lives in. That's a weird statement to say it, but, like, it is. Right. And that their spirits don't need to linger around. They don't have unfinished business. And, I mean, I, if you think about it, the goal in life is to live – well, for happiness, I guess it's the goal. But, like, live as long as possible and, like, be healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And people who are in retirement homes, like, sometimes there are sad stories, but, like – they have lived a long life. Right. It's not like, oh, an accident happens when they die. They are moved into these spaces to, like, die comfortably, mm-hmm. which is such a morbid thought. But, but like, you hope that there's some positivity. Right. In, well, in and that to, life. like, to your point, never in this – I mean, Alex and the people that are working there yeah. are the only ones getting spooked by this. Right. The residents there are not spooked. No. They seem to really enjoy hanging Let's out with dinner. the kids. Yeah. And it's one of the things where, like, in assisted living facilities – there, that's a that's a thing where a lot of older people who are there feel very lonely and don't get as much yeah. socialization as they're used to. So there are a lot of programs where there's like kids or like daycares or something yeah. that are a- attached to assisted living facilities. But here they don't have to do anything. The, the ghost children are there. They're and they are there. entertaining and they are having fun and they're chilling in their rooms, wandering the halls. Having fun. I'm sure putting on so many talent shows. <laughs> a thousand. Oh my god! Look what I can do! Just this all like that. performing, yeah, yeah. That is and sweet. then right, and it seems like the the people that live there that mm-hmm. are reaching that part of their lives don't really realize that they're seeing ghosts, so they're just enjoying all the of children. 
young kids just having a ball. Wow. That How is, lovely. That is nice. That's a nice story. After, Had to bring us up yeah. again. <laughs> I know. Let's see if I will. Before you bring us down. <laughs> yeah, <I most> likely <laughs> will. <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. The subject line is murder room beach stay. <laughs> and it's from our listener, Sarah. Okay. Morning, ladies from the Sunflower State. What's the Sunflower State? I have no idea. Is it Florida? Georgia? No. I don't know. I don't know. This is beach, so I'm just assuming summer warm. Yes. I'm laying in bed listening to your podcast with my doggo snoring by my side. Yes, I should be getting ready for the day and accomplishing something, but I want to tell you about my first visit to the Gulf Coast of June 2021. So I'll deal with the rest of life after this email. Last June, I took a vacation to Port Aransas, Aransas? Texas. This was my first time ever to go see the Gulf Coast, and it was beautiful. We went on a fishing trip. I got completely seasick. Four-foot waves will do that to you. I ate fresh-caught seafood, waterside, drove around the town on golf carts because it's a cool thing to do there, and stayed at a beautiful historic inn. I planned this trip for me and two of my friends, Scott and Jesse. Yes, I was amongst boys. Ew, gross, right? (laughs) I did the best I could planning. I've never planned a vacation. It was a bit out of my element. So let's stop and appreciate how pathetic that last sentence is for a 30-year-old woman to say. (laughs) I need more vacations in my life. Anywho, I found this historic inn that was close to the port for our fishing trip, yet still close enough to the beach and the food. Yes, the food. It's the most important part. And oh my God, it was amazing. I'll include photos at the end. Did I do a bunch of research on this inn? No, it looked fine and it was in price. It wasn't like we were going to spend a bunch of time there. Well, I did good. The staff was so nice and gave recommendations on places to eat and visit and the rooms were nice. They had a very antique vibe, which I enjoyed. And so we're on the last night of our extended weekend stay, total of three nights that we stayed. We did try to stay for a fourth, but they were booked. Also, the guys refused to sleep on the beach despite my pleading efforts to do so just for one night. That is still on my bucket list, by the way. Anyway, we went to this portside bar that had this amazing tuna from a window restaurant right next door. As a foodie, I swear, the hole in the walls have the best food, and that was literal in this case. We drank and ate good food and were just enjoying life. Jesse and myself decided to take a golf cart to the beach and drive around and watch the sunset. Scott wanted to stay and drink. This is fine. We knew Scott would make friends easily since he has a much (laughs) brighter personality when he drinks. (laughs) the last three words to be included that in that that's so funny he's just a great guy you know when he drinks and he's social (laughs) oh that's good that's (laughs) funny wow oh this is becoming a roast podcast okay (laughs) after the sunset i went back to the room to shower and sleep jesse went to go have a few more drinks with scott (laughs) just thinking about scott being When he's sober, mm, yeah, he's fine. Let's just make a spinoff podcast <laughs> called Zingers where we just include all the times people like joke or insult their friends when they email us. <laughs> I was going to say, let's make a podcast called Scott's Drunk Again. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> the boys came stumbling in a few moments after I had gotten in bed with Scott announcing that I'm more fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Okay, this is a good sentence. Okay. With Scott announcing that we were staying in the murder room. Oh, no. He then proceeds to tell me how a bunch of people got killed in the room we were staying in. Jeez. So I say, okay, and roll over to go to sleep. I hear Scott stumble back outside. Now, a bit later, I wake up to this weird scratching on our window, which is on my side of the bed, looking out into the courtyard. I think it's just the wind and roll over, and I see the bedroom door is ajar. Okay, that's weird. I whisper yell to to Jesse that the door is open because, like, we are in the murder room and I'm not getting out of this bed till morning, and he's closer. Scott is who knows where. Jesse looks outside, sees no Scott, shuts the door. We weren't locking the door because, honestly, we didn't know where Scott was or if he had a key. But we go back to bed. A bit later, I hear a bunch of racket coming from the walls as if something is happening upstairs. And again, the door is ajar. So again, I wake up Jesse to go look because I'm officially becoming freaked out. Jesse says it's probably just the people above us having sex (laughs) because their windows were foggy. But I have murder in my mind. So as much as that makes sense and all, all I keep thinking is, or maybe now there's a dead body. Oh, God. Jesse tells me I'm too anxious. I'm like, dude, hello. Do you know me? I have severe anxiety. Of course I'm too anxious. But okay, fine. Let's go to bed. A bit of time later, Scott comes tumbling back into the room and finally goes to bed. And I relax a little bit because, oh my gosh, I saw your foot move in the mirror and I was like, what was that? You scared me because I was looking out the window being like, how close are we to the Cecil (laughs) Hotel? So I literally put my foot out like that to make myself feel more grounded to reality because I was like, "Uh oh, I'm scared. No, I made my toes grip the (laughs) the floor. Do you feel safe? Uh, No. Okay. (laughs) So – Scott goes to bed, and I relax a little because at least he didn't pass out somewhere weird, and I go back to sleep again. But will I sleep till morning? Nope. I wake up again to what sounds like bowling balls rolling. Like, what the fuck? Pipes in this old place are ridiculous, right? But wait, why do I feel drops hitting me? Good grief. Is the window AC unit causing this? No, it feels like it's coming from the ceiling. Jesse, Scott, wake up. Do you feel like something's dripping on you? Fuck, Sarah, go to sleep. It's fine. Everything is fine. You're just imagining things. No, seriously, guys, something is dripping on me. Sarah, shut up and go to sleep. Fine, but I swear to God, something is dripping on me. Go to sleep. Hump. So I roll over and kind of go to sleep with a sheet over my face. We wake up in the morning to start packing to check out. I don't know who's saying what. I'm so hungry. What's the plan for today? I need a beer. I think that's Scott. (laughs) (laughs) That's safe to say Scott. (laughs) I want to go to the aquarium on my way home. Do you think they'll let us stay one more night? I don't know. I can wait. What are these red dots? Oh my gosh. This picture oh, no. has red dots on it. <gasps> Is that blood? Wait, what? Let me ew, see. Ew. Oh my God, guys, the sheets have red dots everywhere. Fuck. So does the light switch. What the hell? I am not getting charged for this. All this stuff is antiques, and we did not do this. It looks like it's everywhere, even the walls. Oh, my God. Look, it came from this spot in the ceiling and dripped onto the fan. What the hell is that? I am not paying for that. So I go storm off to the front office. As I get to the front office, I hear these two ladies who are very upset all over all the noise from one of the rooms. I think my my heart is truly racing. Yeah. This is so scary. I think to myself, ha, see, Jesse, they heard it too, you jerk. The poor office girls are doing what they can, but there isn't much to do since these two women are clearly being unreasonable. And so I start to feel bad for the women working there. Once the old women leave, I proceed to tell the front desk ladies what's going on in our room, and they go white. If I wasn't in customer service, I wouldn't have known that I just said the last things they wanted to hear. (laughs) But now I got to know why they look so terrified. So I ask, what's going on? (laughs) 
Uh, what's going on? And they say, we will take care of it, ma'am. I'll have a housekeeper meet you at your room. Awesome. Thanks. But seriously, you guys just went into panic mode. I know that face and tone. I work in customer service, so spill. Everything is fine. The ladies before you just complain about the room above yours making horrible sounds during the night. She turns to the other front desk lady. You're coming with me. And they exit. Is there a murder in the... Right. What happened above us last night? Oh, my God. As I walk back to my room, I overhear the front desk ladies telling the housekeeper to dress in PPE gear to clean our room and that they are checking on the room above ours with cops on the way. Wait, what? Cops? Holy crap. We are in the murder room. Oh, my God. So to recap, someone was murdered in the night above our heads and their blood dripped through the floor onto the spinning blades of our fan and our fan littered our room with blood drops. Terrifying, right? Yes. The office ladies come down a bit later with some small trinkets and a smile. We want to apologize for all the inconvenience, but good news. Everyone is fine. The kid upstairs just spilled juice on the floor last night. The mom thought she cleaned it up quick oh, enough, but she hadn't. Oh, my God. Everyone is accounted for, so no need to panic. Okay, well, here's what I'm panicking about. Why is spilled juice able to seep through Some down th- old place? It, more like – Or did it go into a vent? The whole thing is going to cave in and you're about yeah. to – That seems really creepy, right? I am thinking of like if there's floor vents. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. We were completely amused and told her the story of Scott claiming our room was a murder room, which he has no memory of claiming, and she (laughs) proceeds to tell us there has not been a murder, but there have been deaths and there are several ghosts. The old gardeners tied themselves up in the courtyard during a hurricane so they wouldn't blow away and they drowned. Oh, no. That's so sad. She said some people can hear scratches on their windows from trees and it's said to be the spirits of the gardeners. Also, a little boy plays with marbles down the hall, and you can hear them rolling. She had many more stories, but those are the ones I heard without knowing what it was, and I was pissed. If I had known, I would have paid more attention. So, in conclusion, there was no blood, no murder, but there was a ghost who decided to show us what a murder room looks like. Or at least that's how we see the night's events unfolding from a ghost world. I hope you liked my story. I have attached photos from my trip. Stay spooky. Sarah. We got food photos. Oh, love that. That's how to get us to go somewhere. Yeah. Send us what food we could eat there. That was a wild ride. Dude, (laughs) Scott has got to stop drinking. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think that he was befriending everybody and they were like, we dare you to tell everyone that you're staying with that someone was murdered in that room. Or like, like, I got this. I also imagine like you and I out drinking and we meet someone and we're like, oh, you know, there's like a – you know, because we know, right. like, we can say, like, it's a ghost. We know something's haunted. Like, it's haunted. And, like, what, like, you and I speculating, well, maybe there was a murder. And then he right. goes home and tells the and people tells he's everyone. staying with. Or, too, like, when you when you are drunk, sometimes it's hard to tell, especially if you're meeting someone for the first time, if that person's being sarcastic. Yeah, that's So maybe true. someone was like, oh, yeah, that room, like, there was a, there was a murder there. There was a murder and there. And he's just, like. Intoxicated okay. enough where he's like, oh, my God. I'm in. Yeah, the murder. Get the murder room. Room. Murder murder there. room. That is so, so scary. So wild. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm wow. very glad it was not a murder. Could you imagine working at the hotel and hearing that? And no. complaints from the person, like, next door to that room, and then complaints from the person below, and the red drips. I'm so well, glad it was not a murder why, because – Why were those people being so damn loud in their room too? Enough for everybody to complain. Like, be well, quiet. if it's a kid dropping juice and like running around. Control your child. <laughs> You're in this in the safety of your own room. I'm, do I'm, you not – like did you not jump on the beds as a, as a kid at hotels? That was the first thing I did because I wasn't allowed to jump on my bed at my own home. But hotel rooms. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I definitely grew up with parents that were like, 
be quiet. No running in the <laughs> no running down the hallways yeah, that, at the hotel. One, no yeah. screaming. Like be be polite about the people to the left and right of us. Be good. So we had to be quiet. They would just yeah. give us uh, room service and we'd shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just wait for our overpriced cheeseburgers to arrive. Oh gosh. Okay, I have a little bit of a longer one. Love it. This is a long episode. You guys are all getting a. I know. This is long. Treat. This is called I Checked Out a Haunted Library Book slash <gasps> Ghosts Don't. That was a loud noise and it made me really scared. It kind of sounded like someone was busting through. Well, I didn't, didn't it? leave it bolted. Should I unbolt it? Oh, you it? did? Oh, Sabrina. I know. I forgot. And then I've been looking at it and then I was like, it would be nice dramatic effect if someone burst in. I'm fully locked in <laughs> Dead bolting it. Wow. We were probably so, – we were those annoying people to everybody else that were being really loud. You think – a crack is going to be that loud? I do. I don't. <laughs> we'll test it out later. <laughs> when we hear it, when someone comes busting in, when we get a noise complaint and we get kicked out. Or we just talked about a murder in a, a, a hotel and someone's going to be like, there was a murder? There was a murder. Someone goes down to the front desk. I heard about the murder. <laughs> okay. This is called, I checked out a ghost. Nope. This is called, <laughs> <laughs> I checked out a haunted library book slash ghosts don't get irony. <laughs> My daughter, 12, and I found your podcast and have been binge listening. We love your sense of humor and banter as much as we love the stories. I've always been interested in the paranormal, and I remember y'all talking about being little and checking on your dolls to see if they've moved. I'm yes, glad I'm not the only the one. Time. <laughs> I still check on some of my stuff in my childhood I was childhood say, do you still have dolls? <laughs> you made in I, your oh, current, yes. In I your have, current Boston apartment. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No, but my I was childhood- imagining you like secretly having a doll collection, which is fine. No, but I do have but Mr. Piggy from- and I have Raggedy yes. Ann. Yes. They sit next to each other, yeah. which I feel like probably annoys Mr. Piggy because I'm pretty sure Raggedy Ann's a little bit creepy. But <laughs> And Mr. Piggy's awesome. But and I love him. he's protective of you. He's like, yes. I'll do whatever you want me to he do. He means serious business. He he wears a vest and a blazer. So A distinguished gentleman, if you <laughs> he may. Is. That's why he's called Mr. Mr. Piggy. <laughs> Okay. I've always been interested in the paranormal, and I remember y'all talking about being little and checking on your dolls to see if they moved. Glad I'm not the only one. I have had a few ghostly slash paranormal encounters, though I don't think anyone I've told ever believes me. Well, we We believe believe you. (laughs) One of my oddest experiences happened when I was a young mom. My husband, who's now my ex, was working nights, and so I was with the kids by myself all night long. One day, I'd gone to the library and got one of Jason Hawes' books. Jason Hawes is from Ghost Hunters. I don't remember the title of the book. I'd read a couple chapters, but there was nothing particularly terrifying in what I read. I watched ghost shows in the past with no real consequences other than the (laughs) heebie-jeebies, so I don't think that my encounter was an overactive imagination. That night, I got my kids ready, all five of them. Five kids? That's the scariest thing about this whole story. All five of them who were under the age of seven. Oh, my my gosh. Superhero. Yeah. Got them all ready for bed and went to sleep. I woke up around 3 a.m. Yes, 3 a.m. And my skin was crawling. I've never felt the sensation before or since. And people say that you get the chills or goosebumps when there's a spirit around. But this felt warm, like a low current of electricity flowing over me that only made the little hairs on my body stand up. (gasps) I also could hear what I thought sounded like a muffled conversation, and I was terrified. It sounded like adults talking, and I was the only adult in this house. Some days, I hate being the adult. (laughs) (laughs) 
especially when you have all the little yeah. kids and you're like, God, fuck, I have to be I brave. I be brave. Right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I talked myself into believing that what I was hearing was a video game. Maybe one of my kids sneaked a Game Boy into the room and was up playing video games. So I got up, still feeling an electrical charge, and walked out of my door to check on my kids. Before I got to their rooms, I stopped at the top of the stairs and realized that the sounds were not coming from down the hallway. Oh, no. They were coming from downstairs. Okay. What I thought was a conversation was actually music, or at least <gasps> oh, now it chills. was music. Oh, no. As I went down the stairs, the music got louder and louder, like someone was turning the volume someone up having a as party? I came down. Ghost party. <sighs> I know what was playing, because that changes the ambiance. Yeah, the vibe. You know? Was it like tiptoe? Or like or jazz like music? Or like Lizzo? Rap? Yeah. Some Britney what, bitch. What? <laughs> it's Britney bitch. Bow, bow, bow. By the time I got to the bottom of the stairs, the music was at full volume. Oh. The computer was on. I turned it off before bed, and it was playing a CD that my kids had gotten at vacation Bible school. All Fly Away was blasting from the computer speakers. In case someone doesn't know the lyrics, here they are. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. I know, like, church music is supposed to be reassuring and calming and peaceful, but, like, hearing that in the middle of the night is horror movie oh, kind of truly, stuff. Oh, truly, truly. And the context of the song, too. It's, yeah, and, yeah. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. Just, yeah, talking about death and the other side. Yeah. It is, it is a bit creepy. Okay. I froze in terror. <laughs> Yes. Same. <laughs> For some reason, I knew it was the book. There was no questioning. I just Whoa. knew. I unplugged the computer. Then I go and I grab the book. I walked out in my PJs to the end of the driveway and I shoved the book inside <laughs> of the mailbox. I came back into the house. The energy in the house had completely changed. No more electric feeling. So I Whoa. ran upstairs. I checked on my kids and they were all sound asleep. The next morning, I promptly returned the book to the library. <laughs> I didn't have the guts to ask what happens in the library at night, but there's yeah. no way whatever's attached to this book is quiet. You got to put a note in that book. Saying, I, this book is yes, haunted. Absolutely should For have. anyone else who rents right. it. Right. Yeah. Another encounter happened in Savannah. My husband and I went away for a weekend getaway. And there was an Airbnb that we stayed in, and it was an old Victorian-style house. And our room was decorated with dream catchers, a lot of dream catchers. They wow. were everywhere. Maybe this should have been a sign yeah, that this place maybe. was a little bit off. Our first night, I slept great because the dream catchers are working. Yeah. We woke up the next morning, and then we explored. And in the evening, we went on a ghost tour. <gasps> we go on one anytime we go out of town. Best one, hands down, is the old jail in Charleston. Yes. Okay, we now I go. need to go. I know, I keep saying I've we need to go. I've heard about it so much from you for and me. from our listeners yeah. that I'm like, let's go. I'll go again. Yeah. It was so good. I could you go have every to. single night. You have to go for because I'm not going eternity because it's so good. Oh, every let's night go. for eternity? I could. Would you live there then? No. <laughs> I need to sleep after all. It's haunted during the daytime too. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't be in there full time. Yeah. <laughs> you never sleep. Yeah. The tour was fun but uneventful. After we went to a bar and we got a little bit tipsy, and the walk back to the house took us through many beautiful squares, which we learned had Ooh. mass graves underneath them. Oh, did you learn that? No, this isn't in Charleston. Oh, this is, oh, oh, oh. she was just saying that, oh, the, that they do a lot the best that. one that they did gotcha, was at gotcha, the old, gotcha. old jail yes, 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 in Charleston, yes. South Carolina, but this was a different place. Okay. Okay. I'm here. We started talking about the ghost tour, and our conversation turned to ghost adventures. My husband thinks it's funny to make fun of Zach Bagans, <laughs> so he was shouting out that the ghost should come so they could fight him. 
I mean, that's what Zach does. He was doing his impression of Zach, and it was not really supposed to be an invitation. No. But it proved to be a mistake. <laughs> I guess ghosts don't get that type of humor. I also like to imagine that Zach has this, like, connection to the other side, and he's like, he sits on all of his ghosts and all the demons. He goes, listen, I know people make fun of me. Let's teach them not to. Yeah. So if they make fun Should of me and mock me, go, go. You go, have permission. Say boo. Touch the back of someone's yeah. earlobe. Flick. Oh, that's what I'm going to do if I'm a ghost. I'm just going to flick people's earlobes and they're going to be like, why you does my earlobe keep doing that? Yeah. I Yeah. You're good at that. <laughs> I know. He deserved it's immature. it. <laughs> he deserved it. I'll never do it again. I'll do worse things. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> it proved to be a mistake. I guess ghosts don't get that type of humor. We fell asleep that night and I woke up to a loud bang that came from inside of the room. My heart was pounding. My husband kind of stirred but then just went back to sleep. I stayed awake for the rest of the night, and for hours, I heard footsteps going up and down the hallway outside of our room. Not light footsteps, but heavy, like someone was stomping up and down the halls in boots. The next day, I told my husband what was going on, and he brushed it off. He said that someone was probably just checking in late for hours in the middle of the night. stomping around. I also tried to find what made the loud bang from inside of our room. The shampoo bottle had fallen to the shower floor. That can happen on its own. So I put it back on the shelf and I pushed it off. But that wasn't the right sound. Hmm. Then I played with the bathroom door. I slammed it shut. But that wasn't really the right sound either. I love this experimentation. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The door had a hook and eye latch and instead that was in place of a doorknob. I replaced the hook so that it was standing up and I slammed the door. That was it. Exactly. Someone had slammed our bathroom door in the middle of the night after pushing the hook up, I guess to make it extra loud. My mom grew up in Savannah, and when I told her what happened, she asked what street the house was on. Okay, so they were in Savannah. So this is like the most haunted place. When I told her, she just said, huh, (laughs) and then wouldn't elaborate. (laughs) She doesn't like to talk about ghosts. Mm. Also, when I was in college, I lived in an apartment with a couple of other girls. I had a lot of nightmares, sleep paralysis with the old hag and demons, and felt uneasy. There's a lot of, like, crones in this episode. And felt uneasy when I was by myself there. One day, when I was at a friend's house, they were reorganizing their kitchen and asked if I wanted their food processor. I accepted it, and when I went back to the apartment, I set it in a chair in my room rather than taking it into the kitchen. My roommates went home for the weekend, so I was there all by myself. I watched some TV, and then I went to bed. And in the middle of the night, I woke up to a loud crash. I was too scared to go investigate, and I waited until it was light outside to get out of bed. And when I looked around the room, the food processor was on the other side of the room from where I had set it in the chair. There is no way it could have fallen off the chair and landed so 10 feet away. Here. Yeah. This is Weaver from Brianna, who does not want to believe in ghosts. Yeah. But this reminds me of when we were living together, Brianna and I. And my, she put my camera in the middle of the kitchen table and heard a noise and went out. And it was fully moved into the living room and was sitting on the middle of the and living no one room was floor. There. Yeah, she was alone. She was like, <gasps> ooh, dang it. She was like, there's a ghost, but this is the last time I will but ever I will say that never there is. admit it again. Yeah. <laughs> I've also had a few premonition dreams. One about my friend's parents. I was really close to them growing up. And a few years ago, I dreamed that they were fighting. And it was very vivid oh. and very unsettling. I called my friend and I told her about it, but she said everything was fine. A year or so later, when we were talking, she mentioned that her parents were not not getting along because her grandmother moved in with them. She had Alzheimer's and was mean to her daughter-in-law. It was apparently bad enough that they started talking about separating. 
I immediately thought of my dream. And she oh didn't gosh. remember me telling her about it or she didn't want to remember it yeah. because it was kind of freaky. Other dreams I had are not so benign. Oh, I have often dreamed of the hat man. He would come <gasps> oh and stand gosh. in my doorway and watch me sleep. And when I would wake up, he would just stand there. He never came into my room except for one time when I was in high school. I woke up and I saw him in my room this time. I jumped out of bed and I ran into my mom's room. I wouldn't go back in there until she checked my closet and under my bed. I sincerely thought that someone had broken in and was standing in my room. That's so unsettling. It, or, what's worse? I mean, yeah. I, I guess a real human is possibly worse just because, like, that's so threatening. But based on this whole episode, I think we're right. realizing. I know that spirits can do many, many yes. things and are quite Horrible powerful. things, yes. And also it's just scary. I mean, this is proof of how real this experience was, that she yes. actually thought it was a person. Yes. It's not just, like, a glimpse of a shadow saying, oh, what, did I just see a spirit? Actually, I just got freaked out because I just saw your reflection and my reflection in the TV behind us. And I was like, oh, oh no, we have shadow people now. This is a new environment for us. We're I not know. used to We're recording used in to this. It. Yeah. Okay. So a recent nightmare was at another Airbnb. Y'all, over the bed was a mirror. Why <laughs> would someone do that? I went to sleep that night and I had a nightmare that a man came through the mirror and grabbed me. <gasps> I can describe in detail what the man looked like. It was so vivid, and I ran out of the room, and I slept on the couch. My non-scary yeah. ghost story slash dream is about my grandmother. Okay. Before I got a divorce, I was extremely depressed, and I felt really alone. Many nights, I cried myself to sleep. One night, my grandmother came through to me in a dream. At least, I think it was a dream. And she sat down on my bed. She held my hand, and she said everything would be okay. She sat with me for a long time, and it was so comforting and still makes my chest tight when I think about it. When I told my mom about it, my mom cried. Aww. Maybe she came to my mom too. I don't know because my mom won't talk about ghosts. <laughs> my last one. Since I've been listening to the podcast, I've had a few weird things happen. I'll preface this by saying that I've listened to many podcasts before. I never really had any issues with my phone. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it spins out of the time. <laughs> I was cleaning my bathroom while listening. I don't remember which episode, but the podcast kept pausing. I would stop cleaning. I would press play. And then a few minutes later, it would pause. Sven, come on. Let people listen. Actually, this kind of helps our reputation, I think. It does, but like let people listen. Except for all the people that are like, I have to take a break. Never mind. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm too scared. I would stop cleaning, press play, and then a few minutes later, it would pause again. Then the speed started changing. I would change it back oh. to normal, and it would stay normal for a while, and then it would speed back up again. At least it's not the really slow. The slow, yeah. where we sound drunk. Yes. <laughs> My daughter came in the bathroom, and I told her what was happening, and I sort of jokingly, sort of not jokingly, said to the empty room that I didn't think it was funny and to stop, and it did for that day. Oh, It still my happens gosh. from time to time, but only when I listen to TGOG. Sometimes Spen. it not only stops, but it kick, kicks me out of the podcast app and won't let me back in. Okay, see, now I'm like, okay, I think there's two things happening. We are haunted and we have Sven who, like, comes and pays people visits and is, like, you know, a nice spirit. But then I also think there's, like, someone sent a bad spirit towards us and is hexing us and is, like, yeah. make sure that no one listens to their podcast. Or do you think it's just there? people live in really haunted places and don't really realize it and there's other spirits that are getting too scared? Or, like, I don't want you to get any ideas <laughs> I like that about better. this. And they're, like, touching the app pause trying it. to figure Stop. out, like, pause it. Yeah. Ooh, this one's scary. This one's too scary. No, no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> they're outing the secrets yeah. of the universe. Yeah. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> they're too smart for their own good. <laughs> don't let them share this information with anyone. 
Uh, she says, I'll tap the app icon and it will act like it's going to open, but then it closes. Oh, my God. Anyway, I love your podcast. <laughs> I love hearing everyone's stories. It makes me feel less crazy. Stay spooky, my friends, and I'll see you on the other side. Uh, and this is from Lisa. Wow, Lisa, you are a haunted booch. Haunted booches. A haunted booches. Haunted booches club. We should start a the haunted, haunted booches club. club. And also, a shout out to Lisa's daughter because this is the ultimate pyramid scheme. Yeah. They found this podcast together or at least one of them yeah. showed the other one. And so now we have two listeners in one household. That's And maybe all their ghosts We're trying too. to take over all of your households. I know. There's not much room with all the ghosts that everybody has, but we'll, we'll try to find a corner. We'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. I love the Haunted Library book. I think mm -hmm. that's my dream to find one right. and bring it home accidentally. But then, like, it's a good ghost and they become my best friend. They braid my hair at night, <laughs> <laughs> do my dishes and my laundry. I don't know how you would ever get to the point where they actually can braid your hair, though, because I feel like I'd be – I'd freak out. I'd be like, ah, ah, if someone was touching my hair, right? Right. I'd have to – yes. It would be – a. We'd have to build up trust, and I'd yeah, have unless to it was give just such permission. a warm feeling yeah. coming forward. Yeah, yes, we'd have to be working together for that mm -hmm. to to work. Right. Um. But wow, this I, is. I mean, yeah. I don't even know where, where to. Oh, man down! The ghost. The did ghost it. did it. <laughs> Not human error. No. Blame it on the ghost. And blame it on the ghost. The, yeah, I mean, truly, I, I don't even know where to begin either because so each paragraph is a new haunting. Yeah. In this email. It's it just like, Lisa's whole life is. Right. She's followed by ghosts. I do love the one where Lisa dreamt about or had a dream with her grandmother. And her grandmother right. came That's to visit sweet. her when she was in a really low place. I think I'm going to be sad for a second. When I'm depressed, I often call upon my loved ones. And mm -hmm. they do not come. <laughs> <laughs> they do come, just not when you call upon them. Yeah, but I'm they like, I am from time low, to time. you guys. I need you. And They're watching. They're like, mm, she could be lower. <laughs> I'll just wait. I don't know. Sometimes I, but then I also have this thought of like, well, I hope that their spirits have moved on and maybe they've been reincarnated so that their spirits are not able to mm. watch over me right, right. now. Yeah, that's a nice thought. Well, maybe. it's the only reason. I, it's what I have to tell myself <laughs> to be like, this is why they're not coming why to me. Why are they coming? Yeah. They'll, yeah. they'll come, I'm sure. Yeah. They'll come forward. Maybe. I do wonder, Lisa, you'll have to tell us if your daughter or any of your other four children have any experiences. Yeah. Because it sounds like your house is plenty haunted. Yeah. I just hope you're not the only one. Well, maybe I do hope you're the only one experiencing stuff. I but, don't know. I don't know which one. Maybe I feel. like the way that her daughter and her listen to the podcast together, they'll be haunted together. They can, right. At least they have a mother who is open to it and understands it and believes right. in it mm -hmm. and can, like, guide them through it in a positive way, which is I'm also we can ask for. I'm also jealous that Lisa's husband will go on ghost hunting things with her. Because <laughs> Brian won't. Brian will not. He is scared. I think I can't Nick even listen to what I don't even consider the spookiest of podcasts on drives because he'll be like, no, 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 no. It's too scared. My heart is pitter-pattering. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, this wasn't this one wasn't even scary. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure Brian – well, I missed Brian. I met Nick. Doesn't we – sh We share. We share. <laughs> we're basically we're the same person. Wives now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we truly belong to Ghost and then they're just accessories. They're just on the side. What was I think? Oh, I think Nick would be a little bit too scared to go to certain haunted places. Mm. Like he's gone to – he went to um, what's the oh the Winchester Mystery House with me, mm -hmm. but there are I think he's very scared and but he wouldn't go to like the old Charleston Jail or Waverly Hills Asylum or places yeah. like that that are known to have negative entities just because it's like to him tempting fate. Mm -hmm. I think he would even have problems with me going, but what he don't know don't hurt. Yeah. Or well, it's it's a business 
endeavor. Yes. We have to do it for the job. Exactly. Like Waverly Hills is one that we're like, we feel tempted to go to. But anyway. Tempted. And then the old Charleston jail, I mean, I've been. But like both Waverly Hills and the old Charleston jail, they both have those. It's the creeper and the collector. They have basically like a very similar entity that's there. Yeah. I'm the creeper. You're the collector. Yes. In our lives. But Nick and I and you and Brian would travel really well together because you and I can go do the creepy things. And And then they can just go go, like eat food, drink beer. And watch sports. Yeah. There we go. Great. For great. Cheers. <laughs> Someone is cheersing. <laughs> well, it's just like nice to take advantage of being in prison with you. That's true. A blimp. Oh. Sure. <laughs> ah, there's like only squirrel. Okay, but actually, I'm pretty sure there's only what like four say? blimps in the world. Shark or Week. <gasps> shark Week is coming. Shark Week. We bleed. <laughs> shark Week. I love Shark Week. Shark Week. Shark Week. Shark Week. Shark Week. Um, we used to go to Cape May every summer, and it was always shark, like lined up with Shark Week. So we'd be swimming in the ocean in the New Jersey, no, 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 like no, no, shore, no. Uh, Jersey Shore, which also I'm pretty sure Jaws was inspired by a shark attack that happened in New Jersey. Ooh. So like we just you know we're in that environment, and then we'd go home after the beach and like jump in the pool, and like you know we're all like kind of like sun stung and sit in bed and watch Shark Week. I cannot believe you so you were able to go to fun. the beach and still because yeah. I don't go in really past my knees. You know when I'm peeing in the ocean because <laughs> I don't go in an appropriate amount for me to just You're like – You're still standing there? Yeah. I literally just drop to my water. knees and I just scream, I pee! <laughs> you know, we all do it. We all pee in the ocean. We all pee. Yeah, yeah. and then we? we swim in each other's pee. I mean, we're also swimming in the like carcasses of animals that have died in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, people who died on, you know, o- on ships coming across the ocean many years ago. Well, Horses, even just like any life, we're breathing each other's matter. breath. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're swimming and in decay in, in the ocean. Fecal matter. 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 <laughs> yeah, yes, we are. <sighs> what a lovely life. What a lovely life. <laughs> um, should we just end it now? Because Yeah, I feel okay. like it's really long. Aiden, will you cut that part? But okay. Yeah. Peace and love and blessings. Oh, that's a nice sentiment. Yes. What about like death and ghosts and demons? Death and ghosts and demons. Peace and love and blessings. To all of you. We have a lot of ways to support us. Yes. You guys know the spiel. Mm-hmm. We have iTunes. Please yeah. rate and review us. We have a pyramid scheme. Get lost in the triangle. We can finally. There we go. We can finally connect. Connecting. Connection. Connection. Do you feel it through my fingers? La, la, la. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Thank you guys for Thank emailing you. us your stories. If you have any encounters, anything macabre, anything weird and morbid and paranormal and just fun, yeah. send it to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And thank you all of you for listening. Thank you to Aiden Manning, Eric Foster, and the entire team at FR Digital for editing our podcast in this episode. We are just, yeah, delighted with where we get to be, which is telling ghost stories every yes. single week. And how fun to be together to do it today. Exactly. Okay. So we will. Oh, wait. See you. It's okay. We'll okay. change it. It's yeah, it's fine. It's okay. fine. We, we will. will. See you on the, the other side. side. <laughs>